guys, this is Keeping Tabs with CULNC, Cambridge Uni Netball's very own little podcast. I'm Rosie, I play a bit of netball and I'll be chatting to members of CULNC and maybe some special guests, you never know. Um, So please stay tuned and if you enjoy, you can subscribe to the podcast and also follow our Instagram at Cambridge Uni Netball for updates. In this first episode, I caught up with Mary Carson about what it's like to play international netball. Mary joined our Blues team this year as a postgrad, having done her undergrad at Durham, and has represented Northern Ireland at the World and European Youth Netball Championships, and is currently training as part of their senior squad. How are you? Very well, thanks. How are you? Yeah. I'm good. How has lockdown been? Um, a struggle, not going to lie. <laughs> it's been very long. I haven't lived with my parents for like eight years. Oh, so yeah. it's a bit of a shock to come back and live with them for, for three or four months. Yeah. Um, but it's been okay. It's been nice to have the time. And all my family are spread out normally. So there's seven of us. Um, and we only ever get together at Christmas. So this has been good because everybody's been home. So we've got time together, which is nice. Um, but working has been difficult trying to stay focused on a, a thesis while I'm in my childhood bedroom. <laughs> it's very strange. But uh, yeah, good pros and cons, I would say. Good good bits and bad bits. Yeah, definitely. Um, well, thank you so much for joining me today. When I first was thinking about doing a podcast, you were definitely the first person I thought of having as a guest. Really? Yeah, literally because reading off of this list of all your experience is just like, whoa. So, yeah, thank you so much. Um, I'm very excited. You're welcome. As I'm sure people who tune in, if anyone does, <laughs> um, will be here. So, I guess if we go to the beginning, when did you first mm-hmm. play netball? Um, first played when I started secondary school. Um, so, my school was quite a big netball school. They had established teams in kind of every year um, and had like a reputation. I would say they, they won a lot. So, that wasn't what, obviously where I went, but that, so that was already established. And then the, another thing that was good was the school was in the same school, the, a club trained. So if you played netball in school, you can really fed into the club outside as well. So I didn't just have school training. I had club training from age, age 11. Um, so that was the, kind of my first, first experience and then just stayed with it because I enjoyed it so much. Yeah. So from there, when did you first sort of start playing at a higher level than just school and club? And when did that seem like a possibility? Yeah, um, let me think. So we had a team in first year of secondary school um, that wasn't really competitive. It was kind of trialling and because there were so many girls that wanted to play, uh, they kind of just did it for everyone. And then in in second year, we had the juniors and you had to be selected to play, um, which I was. And then from there, the school can do something where they um, they pick people to go for regional trials. Because uh, Northern Ireland's quite small, there's, there's, it's basically split into regions of Belfast and then outside of Belfast. So if they think that you would um, be good, they send you to a trial and you can then play for your region. So I played for the southeast region of um, Belfast. And then that's all organised and, and monitored and everything by Netball Northern Ireland, which is like the governing body of Netball here. So you're kind of um, on their radar, I suppose, from as, soon, from as soon as you play for your region. And then they can ask you to trial for the national squad, which is what happened. 
Um, so I was 15, I think, when I first trialed that for that, for the under-17s, um, and got on. So that was <laughs> very exciting. Um, and then, yeah, just kind of retrialed each year. I, I never really made the conscious choice that I'm going to go and try and, you know, play internationally but it, it was kind of just the pathway that developed um and once you're on it you're lucky enough to then be in the eye again because it's not that big um you know you'll be seen if that makes sense yeah so yeah it was yeah it was good actually <laughs> easy <Wow. Anyway>. yeah. <laughs> do you have any like advice for someone who's maybe younger or maybe even your younger self um mm -hmm. who wants to play at that sort of level i would definitely say to let the selector decide if you're good enough or not. Don't decide for yourself. Because I know there was times when I was thinking, why am I going to this trial? Like I'm going to be up against girls that I've played for years or, or like they're six foot tall or like there was all these reasons that I could have given myself to not go. And it is scary. And you think the morning off, why am I putting myself through this? But it's, you've got to trust the people that are watching. And if they see something, sometimes you don't play that well, but they see your potential. I think that's probably what happened for me. And um, so you've kind of, the cliche put yourself in the race kind of thing so that would be my advice don't count yourself out um until you're told by by the selector kind of thing yeah wow so just uh, to go through sort of what is your experience for people who don't know okay so i've covered the regional stuff and then 15 started playing under 17 and played um they're kind of done in like a yearly cycle and within that yearly cycle you do a few competitive opportunities and then um the europeans is kind of like the the big event of the year um so we had been playing and the, i think previous years it had been in like gibraltar and malta and like all these places in my first year it was in antrim which is a tiny place outside of Belfast, <laughs> which was just typical but there was good things as well because it meant we had like a lot of support which was nice um and then so that was my first year on, on internationally and then played Again, under 17, because I was young the first year, which was good. Um, and that one was in Dublin, that Euros. And we did, we did well. I think we got, we got a bronze medal. Uh, we actually got bronze in both of those. Um, and then what would normally happen is you would proceed to under 19. But there was a World Youth Championship coming up, so they, which is like a four-year training program. So they bypass the under 19, and you basically go from under 17 to under 21 and, and go for four years. So that's what we did. Um, Typically, again, the worlds were in Glasgow, whereas the year before they had been in the Cook Islands. Um, that was, again, difficult, but meant less fundraising, so all good. Um, so, yeah, that was a four-year thing. Each year we had a Europeans. We had a few different like competitive opportunities to try and build up ranking points, qualification points, experience just against harder teams and things. Um, and then we went to Glasgow, played in the, the worlds, and that was amazing. Played all kinds of teams from all, dif all different places wow. different styles of netball and things like playing a caribbean team is completely different to playing a european team just mm -hmm. the style and um so that was really good and then kind of alongside the under 21 as part of our preparation we, we trained with the senior squad and then once the under 21 was done they asked some players to train with seniors uh, and that, which i did which was great but by that point i was in durham so i had i think my uni overlapped with the world by one year so it was okay but once they started asking me to play senior and I was um, qualified as a teacher then, I was too much for me. So I withdrew from the squad so I could focus on being a teacher because that first year was so hard. Yeah. Um, and then started playing club in, in England. Um, sorry to skip uni, but we could probably <laughs> go back to that. Yeah. <laughs> played like a, just for a club team in Durham, which was brilliant. I'm still in touch with them. We're supposed to be going on tour with them actually during COVID, but 
next time. Uh-huh. And then then this year retrialed for Northern Ireland because I, I felt like I could balance it a bit better um, with not being in work yeah. and got reselected. And again, we had more stuff planned. We were supposed to be going to Gibraltar to play and all that good stuff, but COVID got in the way. So <laughs> that's probably, yeah, in a nutshell, whistle stopped her. Yeah. <laughs> So that would have been the first exotic travel for one of the champions. It would have been. I would have finally been getting out of the British Isles. <laughs> yeah. Um, so it's, yeah. You mentioned um, fundraising. What was, did mm-hmm. you have fundraise for your, the champions? Yeah, yeah, we did. Uh, it's not like England Nepal, which has great resources and kind of, I mean, England Nepal's done so much um, for the sport, haven't they, with like get, getting it in the public eye and, and they now have their professional programme, but Northern Ireland has, does not have the facilities or the resources to do that. So um, with it all depends on what funding we can secure for the programme and if you secure enough funding, then the onus on us is dropped. But for a lot of the younger teams, the funding obviously goes to the seniors because that's where it needs to be. So um, we do a lot of fundraising ourselves. So we would organise events, um, kind of sell wristbands that kind of thing um, yeah just to try and kind of take as much of the pressure off the organization as possible which it does seem strange doesn't it to kind of pay to play for your country but um, <laughs> when <laughs> when you kind of realize how small it is and how little it's funded by sport ni you, you kind of don't mind you want to pull it together anyway yeah so you said when you first went to durham you yes. played for a bit and then while you were at durham did you stop playing internationally I played internationally for my first year yeah. and then when I um when that world youth ended in the summer of first year um I didn't then play for the next two years mm-hmm. because the obviously the junior stuff was done I think I was too old I think they, they started the next under 21 cycle but obviously I wouldn't have been eligible to play in the end products so I think they selected from younger people from memory but mm-hmm. um and that's when I would have then transferred into senior but yeah. then I, I dropped off to, to focus on on work and things yeah so so then going to uni and starting at Durham how did that differ from the training because obviously the training you've done was high level but how did that differ well Durham at the time um Durham uni was in prem so it was a, it was really a high level and the training was great we had a, a coach um you might have heard of her she's called Nat Connor and she was associated with team Northumbria Super League mm-hmm. and cap for England and was a brilliant brilliant coach so the level for me I didn't really notice and we had a really good um, S&C program and um, it was actually tough because the the girls that had got Durham University into Prem there was an affiliation with Team Northumbria Super League I think a lot of the Prem girls had left so we actually were left with a very new team Um, I I think there was three freshers in the firsts and uh, we got hammered every single week like it, it didn't feel like this is easy at all we we got hammered if we were playing Loughborough and everything like it was really tough great experience and everything but it was it was hard I think we only won one game I still remember it it was like a golden moment that year um so then we got relegated at the end of that season and then the following two we were in Northern 1A which was way more competitive for us and that was much much better every match was kind of really hard fought and we won quite a few of them so it was good so that must have been quite different. Obviously, there's quite a long time gap as well, but that must have been quite different to joining us and playing for CULNC. Yeah, I was actually really excited, though, because I love the structure of uni teams, the way you have like your S&C day and your fitness day, and then you have your court days and your match days. And I, I really missed it when I, when I left Durham. Nepal at Durham was, was really, really good. And I had a year off then after that because um, 
I was in my NQT as a teacher and I coached Durham and I like, went back and coached their threes and fours. So just with time, I couldn't like, I didn't even think about joining a team and I really missed it. So then my second year out of uni, I went back and joined the club with the Durham ladies and played for them then for the next three years until I moved to CLNC. And I was so excited to be like, okay, I've got my SNC day and I've got my fitness and <laughs> I, I love playing every single day. Whereas obviously a club team is made up of women who work. So we had a, a training session a week and a match a week. And that was that was great, but it, I, I wanted more. So yeah, I was excited. Yeah, and it was lovely to go back to it when I started again. I was like, yes, I've missed this. This is great. Rest of uni life, it must have been quite well good and different to go back to like the social and the. Yes, definitely. The lack of pressure from having to get up and go to work. I mean, it's a different kind of pressure because you're accountable for yourself now when you study. Yeah. Um, but not being in the classroom, I really missed it. I have to say, I really, really missed teaching. But it was nice to just have a year off. <laughs> we are not accountable for 30 little people and their development and their learning and everything. I could just selfishly think about myself. Yeah. <laughs> that was good. Uh, but the social stuff was, was great. Yeah. So throughout the year, what kind of training were you doing on top of? Because I know you were training for the senior team remotely. Yeah. So they had up until the World Cup, obviously last year, which was April. No, it was July, sorry, in Liverpool. And then because they had had such an intense build-up, they actually took four months off, I think. So they had August, September, October, November of, of nothing. So I had intended to train with them from the beginning because like, I did some work with one of the coaches over the summer um, and did a few training sessions with them, just like match play, because we were helping the under-21s to prepare for Europeans in October. So I had kind of like got my foot in the door a little bit there. I was trying to make a good impression so I could, you know, rejoin. And then they took the break, obviously, because the girls were shattered and they had been training intensely for so long. Mm-hmm. Um, so it only came back together in December. And I then trialed um, at the very start of January, got selected, and then was training remotely um, from that point onwards. And it was mostly S&C in terms of like lots and lots of strength and then individual fitness, sprint training and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, which was difficult in terms of getting a court. So I did a lot on like, you know, the road beside Homerton that like runs around, yeah. not Hills Road. What's it called? Har- Harrison Drive. Yeah. I did a lot of running up and down Harrison Drive. <laughs> it must have been so annoying for the people that live in those flats. Yeah. Um, and then I, obviously COVID, of course, it, it kicked in basically just as we were going to start our training camps in preparation for the Open Championship, which we were going to in Gibraltar. So yeah. we were supposed to be doing one in Loughborough in April or March even, and then um, training weekends for three or four. They, they kind of moved it because there's so many of us based in England. They didn't want people flying back and forth so much. So they kind of um, backloaded it up to the competition. So like the three or four weekends leading up to that point was training camps. Um, but then they all got cancelled. So <laughs> all that strength and conditioning for no reason. <laughs> How many sessions extra were you doing a week? So at one point I was training eight times a week. So I would have like, Monday morning would be weights for NI and then Monday night would be court session with Cambridge and then Tuesday actually played Gaelic uh, Gaelic football it's an Irish sport I'm not sure if you've heard of it yeah. for a local team in Cambridge um, the Parnells shout out to them that was great <laughs> also it was something I was looking forward to in term three but we'll not get into that <laughs> um, then Wednesdays would be another SNC and then the Bucks game usually if it was a game I wouldn't do the SNC that day and I would shift it to the Thursday um so that's one two three four five and then friday would be court session then on the saturday i would have a fitness session with ni and then on the sunday we would have snc so that's eight 
so it was it was pretty intense for a while um but i i really liked the routine the enjoy i enjoyed it helped me kind of structure my days and then be focused then when i came to do my work so how did you balance that with working <laughs> yeah i have a master's to do at the same time um well yeah i probably did neglect it a wee bit but the good thing about the way my course was structured was we had one assignment per term and the lectures were only on a monday to wednesday so you could kind of prepare i would prepare my on my sunday for the monday and then I'd prepare on the tuesday for the wednesday and then the rest of the time was just up to you to use to get the essay done but because it was only one piece of work that was quite a substantial piece of work but you could kind of spread it out over the whole term mm-hmm. and the last term was um, empirical research for us so we had we were going into schools and working with kids looking at different children's books so a, a lot of it I couldn't do until I conducted the research so I had to wait for the school to come back to me so there was kind of a lot of time available so it worked out quite well. So when you were choosing universities this is probably back more to your undergrad than your postgrad um, did you think about the quality of netball they played was that a big part of your decision? I was, I was thinking about this and I don't think it was because actually I didn't even realize that Durham was a good university. I don't know if I should be admitting this until I told somebody that I'd applied there and they're like, whoa, do you think you'll get in? And I thought, oh, might I not? Is it really hard to get into? I just was not clued in. I just looked for, um, and you wanted to be a teacher and I looked at primary ed league tables, I think, mm-hmm. and it came in quite high. So I was like, okay, I'll apply there. Didn't really process Durham University's like a great uni. Um, So it makes me think I probably didn't consider the netball, but I probably then looked and saw that they they were in prem and it was a good standard and they had Nat as their coach and probably thought, okay, yeah, this is a safe bet. Yeah, (laughs) as if you'd won someone that didn't really play. (laughs) I know, it totally could have happened. I mean, I applied to Glasgow and I don't think, I mean, Scottish netball's meh. So that could have been ropey and I could have been, where was the other place? I applied to two in Belfast, but I was never staying at home. I knew that from the, the outset. They only did that to make my mum happy, <laughs> pretend I was considering staying. Um, and I can't even remember the last place I applied. So that shows you how much thought it went into it. I think I was a bit lucky. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> so obviously now the championships this year got cancelled, but what are your mm-hmm. plans for netball in the future and what are you hoping to achieve maybe? Ooh, good question. <laughs> well, um, okay, so this you might have to cut out. Um, well, so did I? Do you know that I'm moving? Do you know I'm moving to Vietnam? Have I told you this? Oh, wow! Yeah. So currently, I'm I'm whispering as if they're going to overhear this. I'm currently on squad on the senior squad, trading with them, but I'm leaving because I got this job teaching in Vietnam. And I really want to teach abroad and I've always wanted to teach abroad. And now that I'm on this kind of natural career break, I thought perfect time to go. Um, But I haven't told them yet. (laughs) So. I mean, I don't think they'll tune in. (laughs) I mean, of course they did, but I don't think they will. And maybe this this might be the catalyst that means I send the email that says, Yeah. I'm sorry, I'm withdrawing from squad again. Um, But if I weren't going. (laughs) No. Okay, so new answer um <laughs> my goals i think would be to play for the senior squad i have i've been capped for them but um never in like a competition mm-hmm. so, so we've done it in competitive opportunities again like i say for ranking points and things and and that's what the focus of this year really was because we've dropped in the rankings um so we need to pull ourselves back up to automatically qualify for the commonwealth games 
Um, so a lot of the things planned in were to try and get more points. Um, so I would like to play for the senior squad in a competition, like a Europeans or something like that. Uh, mm. I think that would be, you know, one of my goals. Um, I don't really know, like in terms of uh, time-wise, I'm 26. <laughs> so I've still got a good few years left of playing <laughs> before my knees and my ankles and my hips give way. Yeah. So yeah, that would probably be the... The goal. Like a depressing time. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I know. Like there, I just got back from that run, and my hips were aching, and my face was bright red. I was, this is not okay. <laughs> I should be able to do this much easier. <laughs> Mental. Yeah. What about Super League? Is that a possibility? I mean, I would love to play. I don't know that I would be good enough. If truth be told, they're so amazing. I love watching it. Mm-hmm. Um, it would probably depend where I settled, and then I would see. Uh, what team was nearby yeah but that would be amazing yeah. to be play on sky sports yeah Gosh, yeah i would definitely be tuning in <laughs> <laughs> thanks really cheerleader <laughs> go home yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. That, that would be cool actually now you mention it and a few of my friends play like uh, i'm not sure if you know fanula toner and neve cooper and well, I know handling their Manchester Thunder, Bath and Storm and watching them play is really cool i do get a buzz out of that Wow, we'll have to see. <laughs> Watch this space. Yeah. <laughs> so in terms of Vietnam, what's that opportunity? So I always wanted to teach in Japan. That was my like pipe dream. And I went to Japan for the Rugby World Cup in September and really loved it. So I thought, yes, I would love to teach here for a little while. So this was Christmas. I started to think I need to have a plan for next year once I finish this degree. So I applied for, I think, two jobs in Japan. And while I was waiting for them to come back to me, I, I kind of started thinking, well, maybe I should look at other places as well as a backup in case I don't get that one, because I knew I wanted to teach abroad. Um, I didn't want to go to the United Emirates or anything like that, Dubai or anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that I kind of just whittled it down, whittled it down. And there was a few countries in Southeast Asia um, that looked good. And I applied to two schools in Vietnam and I got interviews for both, but only did the one and got offered the job that day. So I just took it as kind of, yeah why not and it's in Ho Chi Minh and actually now that I've thought about it and I never heard back from Japan so it was the perfect decision yeah. and um, the benefits are much better in Vietnam because it's such a cheap place to live I'll be able to save and travel it's better position to travel as well than Japan was it's like tax-free salary and everything and they pay for my flights and accommodation which I don't think I would have been guaranteed if I went to Japan so yeah I'm really excited about it I'll be in a British school and teaching year four if I get there again COVID but the yeah. paperwork's being processed at the moment and we're just waiting on flight confirmation which is why I haven't told Nepal Northern Ireland because mm-hmm. I don't want to tell them and then it get cancelled and me be like me again <laughs> can I get back on the squad uh, which I'm sure they would be understanding about so yeah I know it's a bit mental really when I stop and think about it I'm going to move to Asia in three or four weeks yeah there you go wow all in the amazing life of Mary Carson <laughs> <laughs> I've been told there's an Apple team there called the Saigon Shooters. So Ooh. we'll have to check out what they're about. <laughs> what has been your highlight of your year with CULNC? Ooh, on court or off court or both? You can have two if you want. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I could pick one. I would say in terms of Nepal, it's definitely got to be beating Warwick. Um, so we played Warwick. They're, they were top of the league. We were second in the league because we lost them early in the season. Um, and we played them again in the league and we lost. And it was heartbreaking because we shouldn't have lost. We were the better team. Um, and I don't remember the score now, but I think it was a good like six or seven goals. 
but we had them coming up in the week, the, the next week, which was the cup quarter or semi-final, potentially semi-final. And oh, we thought, oh, of course we're coming to meet them. We had tracked our progress through the cup that if we won each game, if we were going to meet them in this, in this final, just, just typical, of course, because they, they became like our Achilles heel, like the nemesis team with the giant shooter. We couldn't get, <laughs> couldn't get past. Um, but we made a complete plan and we geared our training sessions to this plan. And the Jays were amazing in facilitating that for like that week of just, this is what we're going to do. We're going to practice, 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 and we're going to get them. And then I do think one of the important things that happened on the day, they came and were sharing our changing room and they started talking about the final as if they'd already won. And they started saying like, oh, well, when we're in the final, when we play this team, when we win. And we were all listening like, oh, how dare they? That is so arrogant. And we're right here. We don't even have the decency to say it behind our backs. <laughs> so we were raging and we were so geared up for it. And we went out and end of the first quarter, it was a draw. End of the second quarter, it was a draw. So half time we were like, guys, we can do this. We can do this. And then the third quarter, we went down. We were losing by eight at the end of that. And I thought, oh, man, I don't know what we're going to do here. Because they're the kind of team that can kind of just hold on to it and mm-hmm. consolidate, you know. Yeah. Um, but we didn't we didn't drop and we came out in the last quarter and chipped away, chipped away, one turnover at a time. Got up to half. I think we were still a couple down. And I looked at the clock and it was like three minutes to go. But something in me knew. I looked at Tabby and I was like, I know we're going to win. I don't know what it was, but I just knew we were going to win. And we did. We got the turnovers and we got the victory by four goals in the end. And it was the best feeling because they just got a complete shock. And we put them out of the cup. Yes. <laughs> them being so cocky. That was definitely my highlight of, on court. And then the other highlights, I would say the night of varsity. Um, once we got back to Cambridge was a, a special like social highlight where we had the nice meal in the old hall celebrating the Jays win which was brilliant and then like celebrating the season as well there was great speeches and stuff and the food was yummy and then a great party after I love a dance I would I dance. know you do <laughs> <laughs> so when we got out and I had been so shattered on the bus home from Oxford I didn't think I was gonna have the energy I had a really bad headache and I just felt awful but the food I don't know the the company and the atmosphere and everything and by the end I was just like oh I don't want this night to end and we it was just great because everybody was there and just on such a high so that was that was a really good memory yeah. I enjoyed that a lot feels like a long time ago now doesn't it it was really distant like a different year almost mm-hmm. yeah oh I was gonna ask you um um while you were at Homerton with me <laughs> um, yes I seem to remember coaching you at rowing for a small amount of time. <laughs> How did you find that? A very that? small amount of time. <laughs> you know, I always wanted to row. I did it. I did exactly what I did in Cambridge at Durham because obviously Durham is big into rowing as well. And I joined the college team and I went to like two sessions and then I stopped. <laughs> the Durham situation was more that I was on a campus in Durham. So I was even further than we are at home from the centre. Like, I was a 45 minute to an hour bus journey away. Wow. So very long way. And I was constantly traveling up to train for Nepal, um, which interrupted too much with being able to make the rowing sessions. So I made the choice there to, to stick with Nepal. And then when I started Cambridge, my dad, he's so keen on me doing rowing, was like, you've done Nepal now for half your life. Try <laughs> something new, do rowing. You've always said you wanted to row, blah, blah, blah. And it's so right. But I think what I realized is I'm too impatient. Mm-hmm. I can't be bothered with all the stuff beforehand like getting the boat out getting the oars getting yourself sorted like you can't just jump in and go I don't really mind cleaning up and stuff like that it's that's not what bothers me it's just the time the time sorry the ratio of time to exercise Mm -hmm. I think the two sessions I did I was exercising for like 
like eight minutes or something and it took three hours of my day <laughs> but I know that would have changed if I'd stuck at it obviously yeah. you get slicker and you exercise for longer and blah 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 but I think I just realized that I'm too impatient yeah Fair enough. <laughs> I did enjoy it I do love being outside and on the water yeah I mean I feel like it is the right sport for me but maybe just not when I have only one year yeah you know <laughs> next time yeah. <laughs> I did enjoy rowing I did enjoy it yeah. Just I'm impatient. Yeah, it sounds like you're in sport with netball because that's mm-hmm. really fast and, you know. Yeah, rock up and go on yeah. and just do it. <laughs> and I think the, the thing with rowing, it's probably what makes it such a great team sport and why it gets such close bonds. Um, but the relying on, obviously you can't go out if you haven't got all eight of you. Mm. Um, I mean, I'm sure it doesn't happen that often. But uh, with netball, obviously you could still play. Yeah. That makes sense. So I, I find that a bit, a bit odd. Yeah. Um, I think that is probably everything. Mm. Um, do you have any advice for any um, incoming Cambridge students or Ooh. ULNC players specifically? Um, it's probably quite similar to my advice at the beginning of our discussion about <laughs> um, putting yourself in the race. I'm using inverted commas for everybody listening. Um, <laughs> because, because Cambridge is so busy and you've got so much to do and there's so much you can do. I feel like that's what I I really, there was so many things I wanted to do and realized there's not the time. But in terms of university sport, again, I would say play or try it um, until you can't manage it and then stop rather than think I'm not going to be able to manage it and not try at all because you surprise yourself by how much you can do in, in the time you have. And, um, actually how much I mean most sports people know this but it obviously structures your time it gives you you know a break a brain break a physical break and then you come back and you're revitalized sort of thing Um, it's really great for like meeting people outside college and stuff and as you know home is a little bit in the sticks so it it was great for me because I got to see so much more of Cambridge so many more colleges than I would have done if I hadn't so my advice would be definitely try um, try everything and then you can always you can always pull back if it's if you're struggling if you're finding it too much, mm-hmm. and ask for help. That's another thing. Tell people how you feel because there were so many times I felt stressed and thought, oh, I'm going to let this person down if I don't do this. But as soon as I just said, went to the person and explained or brought it up or asked for their advice, people are so accommodating, and everyone at Cambridge knows that was probably the biggest difference between Cambridge and Durham. Um, Durham, there was an expectation if you weren't there, you felt like you were in trouble. There had to be a really good reason. And it wasn't, work wasn't enough. Whereas in Cambridge, people know what kind of situation everybody's in. Mm-hmm. So they're very understanding and they know you're not going to just slack off. There is a valid reason for you not being there. So yeah, definitely being open and honest, I think is a probably a good piece of advice. <laughs> well, thank you you're, so much. You're welcome. I've enjoyed this. Yeah, I've had a great time. It's been very interesting. So Even if no one listens, it's... <laughs> yeah, great, great chat for us. <laughs> Thanks so much. Thank you, Rosie. Thank you for asking me to be your guest. I've enjoyed it. Absolutely. (laughs) Good luck.